Good morning. Now, uh, this would be the moment if we were all gathered together on a regular Sunday when everybody in the congregation would say, good morning, right? <laughs> but it's different today. The room's empty. And so um, I'm trusting today that you are out there at your house yelling it back like you normally would be on a Sunday morning here um, in the, with the gathering. So here's the thought, here's the thought I have. I think we should try it again. And even though I can't hear it, um, I'd like you neighbors to. So, so here we go. You ready out there? Good morning. morning. See, again, didn't hear it, but I felt it. So good job. I want to invite, invite you, if you haven't already, to find a Bible and a piece of paper and a pen or pencil so that you can follow along with us during this teaching time. So once you have your physical Bible or your digital Bible open, please find Genesis chapter 40. So while you're finding your Bible and your pencil um, and you're getting to the right chapter, uh, I have a few things to say before we dig in. So um, we really do hope that if this is your very first time to worship with us, that it won't be your last. So we have a lot of guests and visitors on this morning. And uh, so we want to invite you to come back in the coming weeks um, on our live stream until the world becomes normal again. We want to invite you to join us, though, in person at our 3501 Severn Avenue location in Metairie, like once things kind of settle down around us. So um, a quick word about the comment section below the video as we get started today. Um, Use it. Seriously, we want to invite you to use it. We want to encourage you to say hello. We want to encourage you to ask questions about the sermon. We want to encourage you to ask questions about our church. Um, Use it. Use it to discuss what you're hearing. Feel free to use it to say amen. You can even throw some thumbs up and hearts on it if you just really are feeling like the Lord's speaking to you this morning. So um, use that comment section. And uh, Laura and others that are in the room here with us today are going to be answering questions and talking back and forth. So, So let's get going. You know, we're living in an interesting time today. I don't know that I would have said that just a couple of weeks ago. But because of the spread of the COVID-19 virus, everyone within the sound of my voice is struggling, or they soon will be. Now, I don't mean to be doom and gloom all over the place, but it's just a fact. Here in New Orleans, we've been sent home, and for the most part, and I imagine very soon, people will begin to feel isolated, frustrated, anxious, maybe sad, maybe angry. And if you're there already, let me tell you, Today's message in the Word of God is for you. And if you're not, take notes, because it's probably coming. So at Metairie Church, about four weeks ago, we launched a new teaching series focused on the life of an Old Testament character named Joseph. I think most of us can identify with where Joseph finds himself in our text today. So if you're taking notes, write this down. It's number one. We do this at Metairie Church. We try and take notes so we can take it home, hear from the Lord, Uh, and allow the Spirit to continue to speak to us throughout the week. So number one, life is filled with difficulty. Can I get an amen out there? Life is filled with difficulty. In last Sunday's message, um, Joseph's life was abruptly disrupted in a pretty major way. So he was a leader at his master's house and one day, then wrongly accused of sexual misconduct and put into prison the next. So I'm guessing it was a shock to the system for him. He was living his life. Then suddenly he was a prisoner, isolated and struggling. Does that sound familiar to anyone out there today? 
But this is not Joseph's first major life disruption. You know, when he was 17 years old, he was living large in his father's house when his brothers attacked him. They threw him into a pit and they sold him into slavery. So his brothers betrayed him, they sold him into slavery. And then a few years later, his master's wife lied about him and he was thrown into prison. This is life. It may go along okay for a while, but then all of a sudden, bam. In today's text, we find Joseph in prison, feeling the loneliness of isolation, the difficulty of quick change, the pain of betrayal. You know, we've all had moments like this when life's going on and boom, difficulty hits. The truth is that when one of these moments comes, it's disrupting. And the truth is right now we're in one of those moments. The Bible truth is that difficulty happens because we live in a world that's broken by sin. And we live among a people that are broken by sin. Because of sin, life is filled with difficulty. I remember the first major disruption in my life. It was when I was in high school and my father abandoned my mom and my four younger brothers and sisters. It was tough. The second one was when I was in college. I was young and dumb and did some dumb, mischievous things. And within the course of just a couple of years, I was fired from two jobs. One of them was my very first ministry job in a church. There have been several other big ones for me. But one that many of us in New Orleans will identify with happened in August 2005. I was a youth pastor here in the city when Hurricane Katrina devastated our community. My wife and I lost friends. We lost the church that we served. We lost all of our stuff. It was a dark and difficult time for many of us. And in this season right now, many of us from New Orleans, we feel some of the same feelings that we felt in those days. You know, life is filled with difficulty. If life has not been difficult for you yet, let me tell you something. Hang in there. It's coming. And the part of Joseph's story we're in today, what we're looking at this morning, for Joseph, life was difficult. He was in prison. And, and look what happened. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 40 and read it with me. Joseph is in prison, and here's where our story picks up. Sometime after this, so Joseph is in prison, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, And he put them into custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them and and he attended them. And they continued for some time in custody. And one day, both of them had a dream. The cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt who were confined in the prison, each his own dream and each dream his own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in the master's house, Why are your faces downcast today? And they said to him, We've had dreams, and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. So the chief cupbearer told his dream. So Joseph said to him, In my dream... Uh, So he told, told the dream to Joseph, and he said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches as soon as it was bu- uh, and it, it had budded. 
The blossoms shot forth and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, this is the interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office and you shall uh, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as before when you were in his when you were in, when you were his cupbearer only remember me this is key listen only remember me when it is well with you and please do this kindness to mention me to Pharaoh so to get me out of this house for I was indeed stolen out of the land of Hebrew, of the Hebrews and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into this pit. When the chief baker saw the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cakes, uh, cake baskets on my head, and three, and the utmost basket, there were all sorts of baked foods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation. The three baskets are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat flesh from you. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position and placed the cup of Pharaoh in his hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. So I want to focus on four verses. I want to invite you to focus on four verses with me. Verse 1, verses 14 and 15, and the last one of the chapter, verse 23. Verse 1 starts out like this, sometime after this. Do you see that? Sometime after Joseph went to jail. Now, we don't know exactly how long, but Joseph had been unjustly imprisoned, and now he's in jail, and it's been a while. So he went to prison, and he was there for a while. Um, can you relate to that this morning? Maybe you've been trapped in your house with your four kids and they've been making you crazy. Then he interprets dreams for these guys, very positively for the cupbearer, I might, I might add. And for his services, Joseph makes just one request. Look at me at verses 14 and 15. Here Joseph says to the cupbearer, only remember me. Now that I've interpreted that dream, when it is well with you, Please do me the kindness to mention to me to Pharaoh so that I can get out of this house or this prison. For I was indeed stolen from the land of the Hebrews. And here also I've done nothing that, I should, should be, that they should put me into this pit. So basically Joseph says, hey man, could you do me a solid? Could you do me a favor? I interpreted your dream. Could you at least mention me to Pharaoh so that he might undo this injustice? And what did that get him? Nothing. Verse 23 brings the chapter to a close. It says, Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. So this morning I have a question. Have you ever, in the middle of life's most difficult moments, felt forgotten? Felt abandoned? Felt alone? Felt afraid? Felt betrayed? felt boxed in, felt locked up, felt isolated, felt powerless, like your circumstances were hopeless? 
You know, the circumstances we're in right now are very real, and they're many. And maybe you feel right now today hopeless. Many people have lost 20 to 25% of their life savings. The grocery store shelves are often bare. You or the people close to you might be sick or get sick. You may have or might lose your job. Everyone is out of toilet paper. Everything around you seems to be falling apart. But listen to me. And this is number two. Write this down in your notes. Listen. What you feel may not be real. What you feel may not be real. The circumstances around you may be bad. But your standing before God might put you in a position where the circumstances do not rock you. Right now you may be thinking, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? Have you not read the news or watched TV? Look around, the world is falling apart, preacher. My circumstances are my circumstances. But here's the thing. The world is only falling apart if your circumstances are your circumstances. So, So here's what I mean. If you belong to God, that's the key. Your external circumstances, this storm, are his concern. If you belong to the Lord, if you have given your life over to Jesus Christ, if you are a Christian, your life is not your own. You were bought with the blood of Jesus and you belong to him. Your difficulty and your circumstances All of those things are not yours to be concerned about. They belong to God because you belong to God, and he is going to handle that business. Christian brothers and sisters, our God loves you. He has plans for you and has guaranteed your eternal life and has repurposed you and is with you and is fighting for you and knows the outcome of this already and is trustworthy. He wants to use you now for his glory and the spread of the gospel. Friend, your circumstances are his circumstances to deal with because you have given your life to him. And even in this storm, he is holding you in his hands. He's holding you in his hands. Look with me at verses 21 through 23 of chapter 39. It paints a very different picture of Joseph's imprisonment than chapter 40. So he's already in prison, and here's what it says. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with Joseph. And whatever he did, the Lord made succeed. Did you hear that this morning? Joseph is in prison. His circumstances truthfully stink. There's no hope from the outside looking in. And I'm sure, certainly, we see this a little bit in chapter 40, Joseph had moments of doubt, moments of fear, Moments when he thought he should take things into his own hands. We get a hint of that in chapter 40 when he pleads for the cupbearer to mention him before Pharaoh. But the truth that Joseph knows in his heart and in his mind, deep down in his soul, 
The truth that he believes and he clings to is that God is with him, unwaveringly loves him, is giving him favor, is granting him opportunity, is giving him responsibility, is making him more trustworthy, all because God is there with Joseph in the cell, in the storm, in the difficulty, in his house with the virus raging all around. Because Joseph belongs to the Lord. And now, even in Joseph's darkest day, when he feels forgotten, God is causing Joseph to succeed. Friends, when your focus and and attention is on the storm, when it's on the virus, when it's on the struggle, when it's on the empty shelves, when it's on the lost money, when it's on the lost job, you doubt, you fear, you fall back, you fall down, you feel alone, you feel afraid, but God. But God is with you in the storm. And when you fix your eyes on Jesus, and the truth that your circumstances belong to the Lord, and that He will handle them when you walk with Him by by faith, when you trust Him day by day, moment by moment, you may not be free from the outside just yet, from the circumstances that surround you, but you are truly free because God is with you. He's with you. Christian friend, in suffering, our feelings sometimes are our greatest enemy because they compete with the truth that we know in God's Word. Not always are our feelings the enemy. Sometimes feelings remind us to refocus our attention on the Lord, or they tell us that we need to slow down and rest, but they also can lie to us. So let me tell you this morning, test them. In the middle of this mess, in the middle of this storm, in the middle of the um, building struggle that we're in, test those feelings before the Word of God. Let the word be your truth because it's God's word and you belong to him. So his word is the truth you fully embrace because you are his. Let it inform your thoughts. Let it inform your perspective. Let it inform your your outlook during this time. And no matter what your circumstance, let it bring you into God's perspective on your circumstances. And let it cultivate trust in the one who is completely trustworthy. You know, I'm reminded of some really powerful words from one of Jesus' disciples, a guy named Peter. In 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11, it says, and and listen to this, as if God were speaking it to you this morning through the apostle Peter, because I think he is. The text says, humble yourselves. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by the brotherhood throughout the whole world. And after you have suffered for just a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, he himself will restore, 
confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So I want to challenge you to meditate on this section of Scripture this week. It's so good. It's a challenge for our hearts and how we live in this current crisis. Last thing for today. This is number three. Write it down. When the chips are down, focus on the needs of others. When the chips are down, in other words, when things are raging all around you and it's difficult, focus on the needs of others. Did you notice what Joseph got busy doing while he was in prison? At the end of chapter 39, he was given the responsibility for all the prisoners in the prison. The text says that everything done there, he did. He served and oversaw all the prisoners and their needs. And then in chapter 40, when the cupbearer and the baker show up, and they're in prison and they have some crazy dreams, in the middle of it all, Joseph is there to use his gifts to serve them, to interpret their dreams. Something he's done before and something he'll do again. It's a gift. So he's using his gifts to serve. You know, when our circumstances are tough, and we know that God is with us and that he's got it covered, but we're struggling and we're doubting and we're being tempted to fear, one thing we can do with our time and our hands and our words is to go out of our way to help other people, to serve others, to sacrifice our own needs for the needs of those around us, to sacrifice for them like Jesus sacrificed for all of us. When we take our, the focus off ourselves, when our words and our hand, the work of our hands and our actions become busy serving others, our hearts and our eyes are open to see and remember the truth about God. Here's a truth that I think is so critical in all of this. Self-focus blinds us to the truth that God is trustworthy and loves us and has our circumstances covered. Can I say that again? Self-focus in the middle of your difficulty and pain and struggle blinds us to the truth that God is trustworthy, that he loves us, and that he's got our circumstances covered. If you're a Christian, and you're in a tough situation like all the rest of us, and you find yourself fearing, or worrying, or just plain freaking out, recognize that the problem isn't the Lord. Christian brother and sister, it's not even your circumstances. The problem is your heart. It's the focus of your eyes. Your focus is on yourself. So friend, fix your eyes on the truth of God and get busy doing the things of God. Serve others for the sake of your gospel witness. You know, there are all kinds of things that you can do to serve others during this time. You can clean up around the house. That serves your family. You can bring joy um, to others through play. Going out in the street with your kids and playing with them. I watched um, a young lady that I know here in the city. Um, she's been sharing uh, little mini concerts that she's been doing every evening um, in front of her house. She pulls out her violin and she goes and plays. And the first night, a guy walked out of his house, five or six houses down with his banjo and joined her. And then others began to join her. And now they're practicing good, safe social distancing. The neighborhood's coming out and they are encouraging one another through music. And it's folk songs, but it's some hymns as well. And it's a word of encouragement. 
She's using her gifts and her talents for the glory of the Lord, um, for the encouragement of others. You know, you can uh, call your neighbor, get on the telephone. You can't transmit this uh, virus over the telephone. So call your neighbor, call your friends, call your family members, call your the other church members to share an encouraging word or to pray for them. This seems like a small thing, but week in and week out, you can join us for worship and you can share this worship gathering on your live stream just as a word of encouragement. We're going to be focusing the uh, teaching time week in and week out on, on bringing a word of encouragement and challenge to the people around us. So I want to encourage you, it's just a small thing, but click share. Um, in order to share encouragement, share encouraging word from the word from the word. You know, you can smile at the store. I know we don't want to go to the store, but we have to. But you can share a smile at the store. You know, a smile at the store is rare these days. It's uh, it's a Christian thing to do to speak a winsome word, a kind word, a joyful word, a word that shows that the peace of Christ rules in us. You cannot hoard your stuff. Showing the world around you by your grocery cart that you trust in Jesus. You can volunteer. Now, in some ways, this requires a little more risk, but we have brothers and sisters at BCHS, Baptist Community Health Services, this week that are administering the COVID-19 test in our city. And this coming week, they're going to begin looking for volunteers to help with other things around their clinics so that the doctors and nurses can administer drive-through COVID-19 tests. There's opportunity even there to walk by faith and to serve. You can participate in small groups. Now you think, well, small groups, that's for me. Um, Actually, small groups is for you so that you might be encouraged, that you might study the scripture with a small group of people. But your presence in online small groups that we're launching this week, your participation, it's encouraging to others. When you pray for others, you share your prayer needs. It's cultivating community online. Community that people desperately need and desire right now. So jump in. As a matter of fact, in the description of this video, if you're out there this morning and you are involved in the church, um, we're seeking to connect you this week in your your small groups um, online. But uh, our church is committed to launch as many small group Bible studies as is, as is needed, as, as the interest um, requires. And so if you're out there in the community and you want to join with us in a small group Bible study, go into the description of this video and click the link. And there's a, um, there's a web form you can fill out. And we'll connect with you this week. And we'll add you to small group Bible study. And we'll have women's groups and men's groups and all together groups. And we can begin to encourage each other and cultivate community around God's word together. Serve others by being involved in a small group of people to study the Word and pray together and and care for one another. There are all kinds of things that you can do. Hey, quick word to parents, and really to all of us, but specifically parents. What do you want to teach your children about your God during this time? Do we want to teach them that he's not trustworthy or that he is trustworthy? And we do that by embracing fear or embracing God. Or would you rather show them his love by your actions and your fearless faith? As a dad of four and one on the way, I want to show my kids fearless faith 
and the love of God in the middle of all of this. I want them to see Jesus in me in this storm as I serve them and encourage them. And you know, influence isn't just limited to the parent-child relationship. Other church members see us, our neighbors see us, our family members hear it in our voices over the phone, either fear or fearless faith. And when they see the qualities that look like Jesus in the middle of our difficulties, they want to know how it is done or how it is possible that we could possibly live it, be living in peace during these times. And when we get the opportunity to share and to teach them about the goodness of God's grace, um, they're even more blown away by the truth of the gospel of Jesus. So friends, church, those gathering with us, demonstrate the goodness of God's grace by joyfully and fearlessly serving others during this time. In closing, you might be watching this morning and you're stuck at home. You feel like you need some good religion or some God to steady your heart. Let me tell you something. A church service on the internet will not do it. The only way to know the peace of God in a storm like this one is to surrender. Now, that may seem kind of odd. Since everyone around us right now is fighting for A number one, me. But that's not what Christians do. Christians don't fight for number one themselves. Christians lay down number one. They surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. They trust him in all things and in any circumstance. They fix their eyes on Christ Jesus and they get busy with their hands and their voice serving others in the name of Christ Jesus. That's what it means to be a Christian, and that's what it looks like to be a Christian. So today, if you're afraid, if you're worried, if you're overwhelmed, and you do not know Jesus, surrender your life to him. Surrender your life to him. Place your faith in Jesus Christ and give him control of your life and trust him with these circumstances. He is trustworthy, and he is a good, good Good Father. If you're a Christian and you're feeling the pain of all of this, feeling pressure, you're feeling the weight of your circumstances, remember the sufficiency of Christ, Jesus. You know, for many Christians out there, this may be the very first major difficulty you've walked through. And your faith has never been tested. And so you're sitting in that prison like Joseph and you're, you're, tempted to take things into your own hands. But let me tell you, God is declaring over you today, I am with you. My steadfast love will never end for you. I am building something new in you. I want to use you. Fix your eyes again on me. Begin serving others around you. Christian friend, if you're feeling it, Remember the sufficiency of Jesus. Give your circumstances over to Christ. He owns them anyway, and he is trustworthy, and he has got your good in mind. So let it go. Fix your eyes on Jesus and get busy serving other people around you because Christ served you first on the cross. Love your kids. Love your neighbors. Love your family members during this time. Love your church family. 
and show them your fearless faith in Christ by serving them. And trust that whether you live or you die, whether you lose or you gain, whether you get sick or not, God is good, he is trustworthy, and he holds your life in his hands. Would you bow your heads with me to pray? Before I begin, take a moment just to consider your life circumstances. How are you handling it? If you're not in Christ, surrender. If you are in Christ, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. He cares for you. And get busy serving those around you. Let's pray. Good Father, thank you for being with those of us who have surrendered our lives in in faith to Jesus Christ. Thank you for the promise that you will never leave us or forsake us. Thank you that when we cast our cares on you, that you carry our burdens, that you are with us and your steadfast love never ends. Father, for your church, We pray that your peace would rule in our homes. We pray that your joy would live in our hearts. We pray that you would open doors and opportunities to serve and to demonstrate the, the, the love of Christ Jesus to others during this time. Father, I pray for people who are not in Christ Jesus, who are out in their homes looking for something to do today, and they, maybe they stumbled on this live stream or someone invited them to watch. Lord, I pray for those who are not in Christ, who have not surrendered their lives to Christ Jesus. I pray that today would be a day that they surrender their lives in faith to Jesus Christ. Lord, when they do, we trust that your Holy Spirit will rush in. We'll begin to comfort them and give them peace. Father, I pray that You would draw hundreds and even thousands of people into small group Bible study with us in the coming days. That this um, virus and this difficult season would not be a a time where the church falls back, but it would be a time where um, we demonstrate and declare the good news of Jesus Christ through your word. God, we give our circumstances over into your hands. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've made